0: What's happening, guys? It is 6.30 in the evening in the windy town of Las Vegas, New Mexico. This is your girl, Iggy, coming to you live and in person from my bed. (laughs) And um, let me see. Today we have an exciting uh, lineup for us. Um, We got me... And we got the Well Briety book. Yay! Applause. <laughs> How you guys doing? I'm doing well considering that there seems to be my world crashing down around me. Yeah, you know me. I'm such a drama queen. I am a drama queen, man. Just call me queen of the drama. <laughs> Ooh, first of all. I'd like to say thank you to the listeners who listen to my rambling. Some days I don't think I'm... I'm very popular and other days I don't care if, I'm, if I am or not. <laughs> Anyways, I'd like to say boujou to the Nijis in Minnesota. Red Lake, Brainerd, Malax, Lacs, War Road, um Road, Leech Lake, Inger, as I am from Cha-Cha myself, Duluth, um, Manoman Road, I remember y'all on Manoman Road. Um, I'd like to say what's up to the homies on Death Row. <laughs> not on Death Row, but in Death Row. And uh, people around here who know about Death Row know what Death Row is all about. That's my hometown. It's not called Death Row, but it is called Row. We just added death to it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, geez, tonight's segment, of course, like I said, I, I decided to start all over again. So we are still reading out of our um, White Bison books, uh, the Wellbriety book. And um, what I wanted to do is I wanted to see how I can... Oh, like I said what I wanted to try and do today and since I never what is it like I never prepare for anything that I do probably never because <sighs> it's a waste of time right <laughs> um let me see where did we leave off last week we left off um on um, where the heck were we Okay, so we were finding the creator. See, and I have to do that again because I don't know if you heard the last little 7-minute segment that I that I ranted about not going back to church. Oh, man. Yeah, dude, I don't um I don't agree with um anybody telling me how that uh creator is going to tell me. That I need to hate so-and-so because she dresses like a man or, or she got a sex change or he's a man that dresses like a girl or whatever. You know what? I really don't care. I don't care about that aspect. I care about people. I care about broken hearts. I care about sick minds. I care about community and family. You know, there's been a long time in my life that I didn't care about anything and I prayed to God That anybody who knew me would forget about me. And because I was worthless and because I... um, You know, I had all this guilt and resentment for things that I probably could have handled a little bit differently, but I chose to handle them in the way that I did. Hold on. And I could have handled them differently. You know, and I probably could have. But you know, when you're young... You don't think about those things, you know what I mean? Um, It seems like we're all fire when we're young, you know what I mean? Um, Hot heads, I guess you could say. I don't know what you would have called me. All I know is that um, if I could go back and do it differently, I probably would. I probably would. So anyways, um, like I said, we're starting over, um, and we're starting... uh, with the 12 steps or in the 12 principles, uh, an alternate wording of the 12 Steps for Native Americans, and steps one through six, we face the East, finding the Creator. And step one has to do with honesty. And every day I have to be honest with myself, because there is more than one occasion that I find myself lying to me and um it's one of those things where when you know you're lying to yourself that's that's a good thing you know and then you're on your way to finding out how to believe yourself you know it's taken me um it's taken me quite a long time i guess to even I uh, believed that I was capable of telling myself the truth or even wanting to tell myself the truth, you know. Um, so step one in the Native American way is honesty. And we admitted we were powerless over drugs and alcohol. Um, to me, drugs and alcohol are one and the same. And uh, step two is hope. Um... We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves can help us regain control of our lives, not of our drinking and our drugging, mind you, of our lives. Step three is faith. And that is we made the decision to ask for help from a higher power and others who understand. Oh, now there is where the work comes in, you know, but let's keep it simple. And um, like I said, um, let's be honest with ourselves, right? Um, let's see. Step four is finding ourselves and we face the south. Um, step four is courage. We stopped and we thought about our strengths and our weaknesses, and we thought about ourselves. Remember, we were on step four. Um, I'm constantly working step four. All three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve steps. You have to Incorporate them into your daily life, man. Every day, and um, I am doing that every day. Every any little thing that makes me go, hmm. I try to incorporate it with what I've been learning, um, in, uh, you know, in this program. And I hate to call it a program because I'm such a rage against the machine type of person. You know what I mean? I don't want to be reprogrammed, man. I'm a free thinker, man. Well, you know what? Um, Being clean and sober helps me be even more of a free thinker. So step five uh, is the integrity. And we admitted to the great spirit, to ourselves, and to another person, the things we thought were wrong about ourselves. Um, And I'm going to stop right there because we haven't gotten that far yet. And um, let me see. So... Mm -hmm. i'm trying to find where we left off and it's funny because i in my other books i i mark up the other books and in this one i I don't dare to. (laughs) i'm like no i don't want to do that oopsie let's see so i think where am i at review step one okay so gosh hold on let me look where i'm at i'm gonna stop for a second hang on Okay, so, um, all right. So let's see. Last two, last time we met, I had um talked about mind maps, and we had talked about step one, right? So we're going to continue with that. But I want to take you guys back, way back. In the top. Um, I want to take you guys to, and I had the page, and then it went away, didn't it? Okay, dokie, so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh dear, geez, and I lost it again. Um, okay, well, on the Red Road, or on the Briety book, it is called The Interconnectedness of the Twelve Steps. Give me a second. Um. Okay, so it's chapter six, page sixty-one. And um, the elders, it says, tell us the steps are interconnected and are numbered in a natural order which helps human the human put his or her life back in harmony with the natural order. The steps are a way for us to take all the things we have done out of harmony and start a process of natural order. To get ourselves back in order. Back in harmony. The Diné talk about putting things back in harmony a lot. Um, there's a set of books. Uh, I don't think it's Louis L'Amour. I can't remember the other guy's name. But anyways. Um, stories about this is the New Mexican Southwest. And the Arizona Southwest. Um, and they're written by a Hawaii guy but they're really good books and they all have to do with uh the Dene belief like they're very they're very good books anyways um moving on so the interconnectedness of the 12 steps it says the medicine wheel and other native teachings tell us everything is interconnected when we make changes and untangle our lives we need to do so with understanding of interconnectedness and natural order. The elders tell us the steps are interconnected and are numbered in a natural order, which helps the human put their lives back in harmony with natural order. The first step to get this process going are for us to be honest, to have hope and have faith. These are the first steps to get the natural order going. When we begin our recovery process by being honest, having hope and finding faith, we place ourselves in alignment with the natural order of things. We first need to recognize what is unmanageable in our lives by being honest. Now I'm going to stop right there and um, I want to kind of think Uh, on my own self, what is unmanageable. And um, when it came to alcohol and drugs, and especially drugs, um, sex and drugs were always hand-in-hand. The drugs clouded my mind, and what I didn't realize for the longest time was that um, the sex made me feel as if the relationship was real. Um, that's where the codependency comes in. And it's, and it's such a thin line and I can't really put my finger on it, but I do know that... Say you and I were a couple, right, and we're partying hard, man, and there's good drugs and alcohol and sex, right, and um, what was sad, what is sad about this scenario is, is that honestly, since we're being honest with ourselves, for me, I would give up sex in order to get the drugs that i wanted and as much drugs as i wanted right and then it would be like well you can't tell me shit and i don't know you nothing because why i gave you up all i gave you up all the pussy you wanted for all the drugs i wanted so we're even right so there was always that conflict say you and i are a couple and um we separate say you know the party was going good and you and i were just having a good old time and then everything runs out right so now it's time to get laid so there we are fucking 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 until um the morning light and oh let me sleep and of course you know dude is gonna let me sleep for about an hour before he opens me up again and says okay well you know bring that booty over here And me, regardless of how tired I was or how annoyed I was coming down or how high I was still not coming down, um, I, I would give it up, but I would be mad. I would be mad. Why? Because my body and my mind were exhausted from the night before. we fought a little bit we argued a little bit we played cards we were bored and we really had nothing in common except for the fact that we were fucking like i said we're being honest here right so i don't know if you guys can relate to this but this is the honest truth about my life as a drug addict and that sounds all crazy when I say my life because it sounds like I spent my whole life and maybe I did spend my whole life I spent my whole adult life trying to forget that I was a deadbeat mom trying to convince myself that that uh, I had been wronged and that I had been um, forgotten about and that I had been abandoned during my most urgent time but then again that's another story for another time and so um, so anyways, um, in, this, in this scenario, um, that's what it was, right? And if I didn't give it up, of course it's going to be a fight. Right? Of course it's going to be a fight. And, um, and that's pretty that's pretty rough, because even though you're trying to be cool with this person and admit and, and love this person you know, for all their demons and for all their their shortcomings and whatnot. Like, maybe we really want to, but the drugs get in the way of that, we can't, right? So anyways, there we'd be and, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning would come around and if we weren't working, and even if we were working, I'd have to give it up. And then, of course, I'd be dropped off at home and he'd go to work and everything would be hunky-dory until he got back from work, but, during the time he was at work, my addicted mind, coming down off of that shit, wanting some more and uh, humbly relying on a man to get me my drugs or so that I didn't have to go out and sell my ass anywhere else, would wait as patiently as I could um, at home for said drugs, you know what I mean? And, um... And it hurt, it hurt me in a lot of ways, and it hurt the man I was in a relationship with in a lot of ways. Um, Who knows, half the time I don't think I was ever explained to how, you know, I was ever given an explanation as to how I might have hurt him. Even though I'm pretty sure I know how. Because poco a poquito, little by little, I was given... I was uh, given hints and uh, called names and, um, you know, that type of shit. And that stuff is hurtful. Because when a person can't tell you how they feel, it comes out sideways. Maybe that person doesn't know how. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe that person, because of how... uh, gluttonous i was when it came to drug maybe he didn't want to maybe he was like bitch you're gonna fucking pay for that drug somehow who the fuck knows i don't know but a lot of times that's the way it was right and that's how i was unmanageable my addicted mind would call him up while he was at work around lunchtime and and um No, he was looking for somebody else who was more fun because he and I weren't having fun anymore. It was just fucked up, man. Who the fuck knows? And I was insecure that he was out getting high with somebody else. Or somebody else was getting him high because I couldn't. And that's where all the fucking insecurities and shit came in. So, um, so... That was my unmanageability, man. And then um, I would fight with him and break up with him. And by the time he was down the road, I'd be calling him back, telling him to come back. Why? Because I didn't want him to think I was cheating on him or selling my ass. And I didn't want him to be running to the next girl who might have had a stash for him. You know? And, um, And God, it was just the most pathetic fucking shit in the world, man. And I was unmanageable because I'd be like back and forth, back and forth. The minute he'd leave, I'd be like, no, come back. And I'd be all crying and shit. (laughs) And then we'd talk it out and it would be okay. But then there was this animosity between us, you know. We was tired of each other. We never even really liked each other. And I think I was the only one that voiced that. But the way he treated me was very clear that he did not care for me. So the steps are interconnected to each other and the steps are a way for us to take all things we have done out of harmony and start a process of natural order to get ourselves back in order. Here is a diagram showing how the steps are interconnected in their natural order. In this diagram, or excuse me, this diagram labels the step number from the ground up. In the order we need to work them, after each step in brackets, you'll find the main idea, principle, or the issue that the step is associated. So let's look. Okay, on page sixty-two, you'll find um, the foundation of recovery, and it'll start from twelve, this, the twelfth step, and it'll go down to the first one. All right. So it says, give the program to other alcoholics. And addiction sufferers, so they can recover too. That's service. Step 11 is do morning and evening prayer and meditation. That is spiritual awareness. Step 10 says take corrective daily actions about my behavior as needed. That is perseverance. Um, When you take actions about your daily behaviors, you're doing good. Make amends to each person who was hurt by me. That's justice. I haven't reached step nine yet. <laughs> um, step eight, it says make a list of names of the people whom I owe amends. That's forgiveness. That is self-forgiveness. You don't need to make to say you're sorry to everybody unless you hurt them directly. You know, Um, step seven, become willing to turn defects and shortcomings over to the creator. That's humility. Step six, create a list of character defects from the step four and five inventories. That's willingness. Step five, admit my wrongs to myself, to another person and to the creator that's integrity now step four it gives you um this is the inventories step this is the one that we were working on that i was so afraid of like i was totally <laughs> going around in circles with that book so it says um the inventories you'll take a resentment inventory like um your resentments would be like the people who you hold grudges against like man i fucking hate my auntie because she fucking, Pulled my hair when I was a little kid, and I didn't even do nothing. That's that's a resentment. Uh the fear inventory. Um, my fear is is that um. What if I'm not good enough? <sighs> what if I don't graduate? You know, fear inventories, and um, then there's the sex inventory what you did about sex during sex. I don't know. I I haven't really tested that one out yet. Uh, I do know that sex is a big part for me because it just is. It just is. It just comes with the territory. You know what I mean? So this step four is the courage step. And those are the inventories that they ask us to make, that they ask us to do. And a lot of people say that step four is very vital in order to move forward because if you can't get past four you probably won't make it. Step three is turn my will and my life over to the creator. That's faith. And then it says on step two, use the nine areas from step one to create nine areas of a vision. For step two, that's hope. And then in step one, it says admit, recognize being powerless over alcohol or drugs and work on the nine areas of unmanageability and that's honesty. Remember, um, we had, what is it? We had had the, um, on the mind map, on the mind map last week, or last time we met, the nine areas of trouble with my personal relationships, can't control my personal nature, pray to misery, pray to depression, and not pray like pray to them, but like, Depression is the hunter, and you're the prey. <laughs> so those are the nine areas that they're talking about there. Um, so it says um, work on the nine areas of unmanageability, huh? And that's the foundation of recovery, right? There. So if we're on step one on the well on the red road to briety in the Native American way, um, you can turn from page sixty-two. To page seventy-one, to the nine areas, and you can begin there. Like trouble with my personal relationships, and right there it says, "One at a time, make a mind map for each of these questions." So, for trouble with my personal relationships, um, you will draw a circle and give it a bunch of legs like a spider. And um, okay, so it'll say trouble with my personal relationships. Um, keep it easy. Uh, For me, I would start with the most recent relationship. Excuse me. mm, uh, The most recent relationship. And for me, it would be with that old boy I was telling you about. Before we decided to start all over again, (laughs) Inasya. So anyways, um, let me see. Going back to page 63. Okay. Um, And you guys hit me up on my... uh, Hit me up on my Facebook page, man. Um, you see me, you know, um, I'm part of the Sober Squad group on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Red Lake Chit Chat. Um, what is it? Just look up my name, you know what I mean? Ignacia Martin. And, um, and you can fucking give me a message or something, you know? My cat just joined us. He's sitting on my lap. So anyways, um, let me go back to page 63 and I will give you an overview. Okay, so I'm going to go back to page 63 and we'll do an overview of the 12 steps, okay? Um, for details about actually working the steps the way we suggested by the summary that follows, please see chapters 7 and 8 of this book and the White Bison Workbook of the Medicine Wheel and the 12 Steps Programme. Okay, those books I don't have. I have handouts to these, um, To I guess, to the workbook. So anyway, step one has two parts. First, we take an honest look at what alcohol and drugs have done to our lives. So beginning from way back when you were a child, what did alcohol and drugs do to you? Because right there... That is an automatic personal experience with drugs and alcohol as a child, regardless of how we see um, our family. Because we're always gonna love our family, no matter how crazy the fucking they are. You know what I mean? That's just that's just who we are. We're human. We are a. We are a um. What do you call it? We're we're pack animals, man. You know. We're like wolves, we are pack animals, we are born into a family, of course we 're going to love our family always and forever, right, but think about think about think about the most traumatizing thing that happened to you as a child, as a young baby, maybe, as a very small child in your four or five years old, your very first memory of drugs and alcohol, or at least of alcohol, you know what I mean mine. Mine was being waken up in the nighttime by my dad with a belt. And I could remember I was dreaming that somebody was beating me up. And when I woke up, my dad was whipping me with the belt. And I remember... I got up and I moved into the corner as quickly as I could. And he was still fucking hitting me with the bell. Whap, whap. And I, damn, man. And then I ran and my brothers and my sisters were awake. And my brother and my sister were awake. And in the doorway of the room, just standing there, bugged that my dad had come home again, you know. And uh, At that time for me, I didn't know. I wasn't really scared. I just, fuck, he's drunk again. Oh, man. You know, what a strange way to be, isn't it? What a strange way to be that. Hi, that. uh, That you could be so young and not feel anything. Or that you could be so young and so fed up. And I remember thinking, I'm never gonna be like that. Fuck that! I'm never gonna drink in my life, and I didn't for the longest time. All I did was smoke marijuana. I didn't start drinking until, till after, um, till after my kids had left. Till I, I experienced an empty nest syndrome there too. But like I said, moving on. So it says, take an honest look at what alcohol and or drugs has done to our lives. Okay, that's the first part of step one. Now, these are the powers of the East that we're talking about, okay? The second part goes to honestly admit and take a look at nine areas of our lives. In these nine areas, we admit how we are behaving, Okay, so this has nothing to do with the first um with the childhood trauma or anything that I was telling you about. It has to look at our behavior right so maybe um in the first step you can relate it to that to that second step, like well you know. Um, being waken up by my dad like that every other night or whatever was just got to me and I started, I was, I turned cold, <laughs> I turned cold and, and then, um, did whatever the hell I wanted to do, you know, and started behaving as my own person at the age of seven years old or however old I was, you know. And um, because children are smart men, children will make up their minds the minute they see you. Um, so then it says in these nine areas, we admit how we are behaving and what we are doing and how we are treating people. Honestly, we admit where our emotions are out of control and we admit that we do not know how to handle life without hurting others and ourselves. And that's true man and you know what's more fucked up is that don't focus on how much you've hurt others. Right? You can you focus on that for for a moment in time. Pray about it. Ask for forgiveness and move on. But if you cannot pray for yourself, ask forgiveness from yourself, then all of this work is for naught. If you're just going to keep the regret and the crying and the hurt and the shame and the guilt, if you're just going to hang on to it, then you might as well just fucking keep drinking. Because that's what's going to kill you. Um, is that regret, the remorse, the guilt the sadness you know what i mean there is a time in my life when i finally said you know what? i am worth this work i am worth this work and um and i am i am worth this work my baby is right on my lap and he just needs to be right here all the time don't you <laughs> and of course because it's that time I'm talking about my cat. So anyways, um, moving on. We admit where our emotions are out of control and we admit we don't know how to handle life without hurting others and ourselves. My actions and how I am managing are causing great problems and often lead me to more drinking, drugging, or dysfunctional behaviors. There is an interconnectedness between my problems and alcohol. When we can admit this, then we take this information to step two. Step one and two are interconnected and are a part of the natural order. So, um, I don't want to ramble on for too much, but um, that is our reading for the evening. Um I am working on the first, oh, let me see, watch out, cat. let me put you over here. I'm going to be working on, um, geez, where is it, 70, 72, 71, okay, so the nine areas. So what I'm going to be doing is the trouble with my personal relationship. Um, I'm going to make a mind map of that. Gosh, this is a lot of work, man. <laughs> I don't want to do this no more. And I'm going to leave you with uh, Just For Today. Um, that's um, Just for today, I will tell myself. Ooh, let's see. Um... Me. hold on let me see if i can find it somewhere oops let me see i'm looking in the Okay, so on page 90 of the Blue Book in the Narcotics Anonymous Reader, um, it says, oh, it's chapter 9, just for today, living the program. So I'm going to leave you with this before I close, and then I'm going to go work on that mind map, and I'll get back to you guys in a couple of days. Um, Just for today, my thoughts will be on my recovery, living and enjoying life without the use of drugs or alcohol. Just for today, I will have faith in someone in Narcotics Anonymous who believes in me and wants to help me in my recovery. Just for today, I will have a program. I will try to follow it to the best of my ability. Just for today, through NA, I will try to get a better perspective on my life. Just for today, I will be unafraid. My thoughts will be on my new associations. People who are not using and who have found a new way of life. So long as I follow that way, I have nothing to fear. Just for today. Keep coming back. It works if you will. I'm going to close with the the prayer out of the well. Briety book, if I can find that too. Actually, I think I'm done. So you guys, just for today, keep your mind. On your recovery. You can do it. You are worth it. Remember, I'm always here. Um, I'm always here. You know where to find me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, you can leave me a message on this platform on Anchor. Um, I'll have to copy a, a link. And I'll put it in my... um. I'll put it in my bio um on my Facebook page, okay? So again, I thank you guys for listening to me. Um I'm I hope I'm helping you, man. I'm I'm going through some rough shit too, man. Just know that I know I wasn't born and raised on the reservation. So maybe I don't get the whole picture. Maybe I don't see the whole picture. Maybe I don't get the whole feeling, but you know what? My family is knee deep in it and I know that they are in recovery, and some of us have recently passed on, and um, so even more than ever, um, I'm rooting for the one who is struggling and tired and is just tired and is thinking about fucking just doing themselves in with the drug, because sometimes that might be all that seems to be going on. Anyways, guys, you have a good night. Miigwetch. May money do keep you tonight safe and sound and uh, trust your gut. You girls, don't walk alone. And you boys, don't be mean to your girlfriends, you hear? Um, you are loved. Have a good night.